What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Fab, Freddie Fox, America's big brother, and we back with a Saturday night sit down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Fab, Freddie Fox, America's Big Brother, and we back with a Saturday Night Sit Down. And tonight, I got a very, very special guest. I have fitness and nutrition coach, a hell of a keynote speaker, and now officially the very first ever solo female guest on a Saturday Night Sit Down, Maria Rodriguez. <laughs> what is going on here? How are you? How are you? Fabulous. Thank you for asking. I am doing great. Uh, it's been a good week. It's been a great, great fucking week. Awesome. Awesome. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, you know, I've been super, super excited about having this because it's been some time, right? A lot of people who know this show is, um, you know, I focus really a lot on guys, right? Because I understand as a dad, you know, and as a man growing up, it was really hard finding myself, trying to figure that out, trying to grow up um, and looking out for different positive male role models. And a lot of my friends who didn't have their dads in their lives, you know, and wanting to sit down with different men and show how the father figure, right, or that influences on them. But also, as I, we all know, right, dads also have a very big impact on girls too growing up, right? And I knew that for myself because I knew when my nieces, when my sister got divorced, right, and my nieces had two little girls, and I was like, you know what, I know they're, I had, dad's a great guy, he's always been around, but, you know, I knew there was going to be something solid there, so I was like, I feel like I got to step up, I want to be a real good male role model for them to show them the do's and the don'ts and stuff like that, and as we know, not to fall in these loopholes, right, um, so I spent a lot of time looking, and I knew that a lot of women were asking me about this, you know, they want to get an opinion, want to see some girls' insights, and I was like, I'm, I'm waiting for the right story, like, I'm, somebody's got to hit me, like, I'm, I'm waiting for that, and when I seen you talk about defying all your odds, right, at Dylan's event, and everything that you've been through, and your story, and all that stuff, and, and just the impact that your dad had on you, and all, how all those things tied in, I was like, this is it, like, this is the one I got to sit down, so I'm so glad that you said yes, and you're here with me tonight. <laughs> you know so definitely awesome so everybody i mean if you don't know i mean I, i'll let you to give a little feedback on your story right you know let people know who maria is and what she's about like i said i know you, you're a hell of a speaker and you have an incredible story so please let the world know about you yeah, there you go there you go all right <laughs> technology man i'm telling you well, hello, everyone. Why not? How are you doing, Freddie? I'm good. I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Nice. Well, uh, I guess I should introduce myself a little bit, right? Uh, my name is Maria Rodriguez, yeah. and I met Freddie through Dylan um, in Connecticut. That was a, I just realized it was like 1,200 miles from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, I am a certified fitness and nutrition coach for women, and I am a keynote speaker um, I have been in the industry for a very long time. I'm officially in business for three, and um, it's been a great. It's been a great, just great overall. I've, I learned a lot about myself actually this year. It's, woo, it's like a roller coaster. I feel it's like um, uh, whenever you get like on the roller coaster and you go up and then you go down and then you go up and I was just, I'm learning what are my lows, what are my highs, what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses. And so I'm just very blessed to be here with you today. I know this is gonna touch somebody's heart. Yeah, and I know what it is. Like I said, I know a lot of people are going to resonate with your story and, and everything. And, and I want to go back because I know it all started, like you said, with, from defying your all odds and, and, and 
from just getting here, right, and starting your life in this country, right? And it really touched me because I know, like you said, you're coming here with your dad and he was crossing the Rio Grande and all that stuff. So, and I don't want to get away because I don't want to ruin that story. So please just, you know, let people know exactly how it was that you got here and what that was with your dad. Um, I shared a little bit about the story and there's so many other details that play, like tied into what my father's role was. Uh, and first of all, I want to thank you for acknowledging that because sometimes it gets overlooked because you know he's he passed away and all that stuff but when my father to me was a very big like he was a staple in my life um as when he passed away I um I realized a lot of things about him obviously you know I was not that old but uh, I remember I was his little girl um it just the way that the way that he provided care and love is just something that I've never felt before and as as somebody that didn't grow up with that I could tell you, like, it's been such a great impact um, in my life to know that he was trying so hard to be, like, a role model. And just him crossing me in the river, like, in the river where so many people drown, just to give me the opportunity to live in the United States of America. Like, that to me is, like, the greatest gift, and I am always so grateful. And I know that if he were to be here, he would be super proud because he'd be like, look, we just didn't cross the river to to almost die for her to not be anyone like we crossed it she did something and i and i'm not saying that as as latino immigrants we should you know all be entrepreneurs but we should always be very grateful and know where we come from and just not take any opportunities for granted um just that you know i mean i was five years old what what can a five-year-old tell you when she was crossed in the river and she almost drowned you know i developed a loss of phobia because of that like i can't I can't be in dark waters because of it. I can't feel comfortable going to the ocean, the river. If I can't see the water clear, I won't go in. But I would rather have that than to not have the opportunity to be in the United States. Wow. And that's a bold statement to say, right? I mean, sometimes people, they they look at these experiences that happen to them and, and kind of like almost with regret or wish they didn't happen or anything like that. But everything that happens to us happens for a reason, right? Like when I say this constantly, like everything that happens is either a blessing or a lesson, right? We just Amen. kind of decipher which one it is, right? So don't take it as negative. It's so great that you see it that way, right? You know, and and I, I have a soft spot to that because again, for myself, I'm, I'm 100% Puerto Rican, right? So growing up here, and I know a lot of my friends from different countries, even my wife, she's from Venezuela, right? So I, I understand from, you know, from other people and connections that it's not that easy to get here, right? I'm hearing mm-hmm. these stories and stuff like that. And I never take that for granted, you know, like I used to tease my friends and they're like, oh, like when, when people would criticize me, like, oh, how'd you get here? And I'm like, I got here on JetBlue, man. I don't know what you mean, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> It was like American Airlines and that was it. Like, I don't know no difference, but I know that, again, there's so many people risking their lives, you know, just to come here to give their family a better opportunity, right? Um, and we really have to acknowledge those unsung heroes, right? And, 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 and respect them for what they've done. So it's tremendous what your dad did. And like he said, he'd be so proud and seeing what you've become, right? And it's just the beginning, right? There's so much more, right, to come with, with the story of Maria. Um, so well, with my show, like I like to tie it back to things. And, and like I said, being that you are the very first solo female guest, I need to change my questions a little bit around here and yeah. see that to really get the end point. So for number one, what I want to ask you, right, if you look at it for the characteristics of what it takes to be a good person, right, or a good human being, what do you think those are? Um, lessons from my father. Respect is not given, it's earned. And so in order for you to, it's the same thing with trust. You can't trust someone unless they give it to you. So somebody who's trustworthy, somebody who 
uh, shows respect, uh, mutual res deserves mutual respect. Um, he also taught me, like, he taught me to be considerate of others. Um, he taught me to be hardworking, to have uh, strong morals, strong ethics. Um, and that just ties in a lot with a lot of what my mother taught me. My mother also taught me, you know, she's, she struggled and stuff. But, but I feel like I learned a lot from both of my parents. And I could tell you that we kind of model what we saw when we were little. So to me, being a good person was somebody who cared somebody who respected, somebody who was trustworthy, somebody who had morals, somebody who had ethics, somebody who had strong, um, what's that word? Um, it's um, integrity. That's my favorite, mm -hmm. integrity. Yeah, and those are all wonderful characters. And, and it is true, like respect and trust, right? You have to earn those things. Um, and, and whenever I think about trust, I think about, and I, I know I share this story a lot, but, uh, you know, with my, one of my best friends, my little brother, I you know, I refer to him as, right? You know, he, he, we just came to the block and I'm knowing him for the first time. And, you know, I'm bringing him to my room and I'm showing all stuff around and, and, you know, and all these things. And then I hear the ice cream truck and I'm like, oh, snap, let's, let's go get some ice cream. So we run outside and I ask him a couple of times if he wanted something. And um, he was like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. And I was like, all right, whatever. So I get something, I go back home. And as he get back into my room, you know, and I close the door, he goes to me and says, hey, Fred, man, I'm so sorry. I can't do this to you. And I'm like, what? He's like, I know you showed me around and like you had like a bunch of these golden dollars in your desk. And I took a couple of them to get something, but I, I couldn't even do it to you. Like, I can't like, you know, here it is. I'm so, so sorry. And that moment, I trusted him with anything in my life from that from moment on. Like there was nothing that I wouldn't trust him with because he, you know, that took a lot to step up to somebody's face and do that. Like I just stole from you. You know what I mean? And that really forged a bond and trust with him like no other, right? And like I said, he earned it because he did that, right? Even though he did me wrong, but he earned that trust. But like, hey, look, admitted to his mistakes, came clean, and really was like, genuinely sorry, you know? And, I, and like, this goes back to, like you said, you know, knowing those things. And, and, and that's one of been my closest people in my entire life. Amen. Know? And you know what? So, let, me, let me tell you, the Bible says we shall not steal. Thou shalt not steal from thy neighbor. But mm -hmm. stealing doesn't have to be something like, like stealing my AirPods or stealing my watch. Mm -hmm. It could be stealing my joy. Yeah. You're stealing my peace. You're stealing everything. Like if you're, if you're stealing something from me, it could be my joy, my time. If it's mm -hmm. mine and you're taking it from me or you're, you're doing it with a, like a bad intention, I feel like you're stealing too. Absolutely. And Absolutely. it's awareness. You have to be aware of that. Yeah. And, you know, when I, and I shared a little bit, like you said, like, too, about like stealing, right. And, and, and like time, right. Like I didn't have a concept and I kind of shared that with you, like with my wife really helped me to understand that, like how people were just stealing my time from me, you know, and even from us, you know, because I was in that mood where I only felt valuable if I was serving. Right. Mm. So if I wasn't serving, if I wasn't providing a service or I wasn't doing it for somebody, then I wasn't valuable. Right. So constantly people would call me up at any time of day. They, they knew that like and it would get her so mad, but it'd call me any time of day like Freddie. I need, and I'm up and out the door, you know, immediately, you know, because I just like, I felt like I owed it to this person, but you know, that that's kind of like, like helping to understand that like people understood that and they took advantage of it, not really to be harmful, but they know like I can call him for whatever he's going to come running, you know, mm -hmm. and I needed to learn to stop that, to have a better relationship with her and in our family. You know what I mean? Like it has, it goes that way. I committed you. I can't be running off every single time that somebody calls me. Right. Yeah. Because that's stealing, like you said, stealing her time, her joy, her peace. So what is in it for her? Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you kind of brought that up and saying about the time is that's crazy. Yep.
Look at you. We're all, we're all, we're flowing in the same energy. You know, I, and, and I was going to say sit down, but we'll see how it goes. I, I feel like, and I've said this, like, the more I'm going to do a show, I know I have an innate gift when I come down with talking to people. Like, it's very genuine and just chill and, we, and it, it, it's, goes to a wonderful start. So I always get so excited with these conversations because they <laughs> bloom into something that, that I never, never quite expect. So, um, but like you said, right, those are the things that you felt like being a per good person, right? Integrity and being honest and stuff. Now, as a woman and, and seeing that, right, like, and you're looking for, if you're looking for a man, right, somebody for you, for your peace, or even for your son, right? Because I know you have two kids, right? Yeah. I believe you said they're twins, right? Yeah, they're twins. It's a boy and a girl. Yeah, so it looked, I said one and done. Like one <laughs> <laughs> No, I, got, I bought one and I got one free, Freddie. <laughs> it was special. It was, it was special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I said, oh, my Yeah, you know, and, and it's great. Like, like me and my wife, I, I, I try, I, I do want, want another one, but I know we got to have time and space. Um, but, you know, like I said, like we've got a boy and a girl, and you kind of like, you know, you don't have to, you know, try for anything else or like yearn because they're very, very different. But back to, like you said, like even for, or in that aspect, right, for your daughter and your son. You know, what kind of man do you want him to grow to be or what kind of man do you want them to look for, right, or to have in their lives? Uh, well, it, the partner that I chose um, before this, it's crazy that we're talking about relationships because I talk about my relationship a lot. Um, I was like, how can I say this? I was not in tune with myself. Like when I was a dancer um, and you, you heard the story when I was an entertainer, um, I was just, I was dancing for money, right? I mean, who in their, not, I'm not throwing shade at, at dancers, right? Because everybody right. has a need. But at the time when I was in that space, I could be very honest and say, I was not in tune with myself. I was not loving Maria for who Maria was. So I was dating men who didn't love me back, who didn't appreciate me, who didn't see my true value, who didn't see my true worth. And so all of my relationships failed, Freddie. All of them, because I was looking at the outside. Mm -hmm. But when I started to realize that what I needed was a man with integrity, who was trustworthy, who was reliable, who was supportive, who was caring, who had good intentions, who was going to be a provider, who was going to be comforting me whenever like my days went bad. That's the re that's when I was like, okay, this is what I need. And that's exactly what I found. But I attracted that by being that same person mm -hmm. to attract that other person. Because if I would have been a shitty partner, that person wouldn't be here. Like, that person would have ran out the fucking door a long time ago because stripper Maria would have never been able to take care and, and nourish the relationship the way that current Maria has been doing it. Yeah, and, and it, it's huge to really know yourself, right? It's so important to know who yeah. you are so that you don't fall on people. And, I, and I've been saying this for so long, right? It took me so, like, growing up and I tried to fit into the, all these different places and, and adapt and, and, you know, when I got to be an adult and I'm starting to think about things that I enjoyed and I'm like, wait, did I really like that because I liked that or was it because of the people that were around me or, like, what was that? Mm -hmm. and, and, and it took me a time, like, like I said, it was like six years when I got laid off and it was really, like, alone again and now i'm an adult like your, your your high school friends and everybody you chill with on a day-to-day -day basis everybody's off doing their own thing they're living their mm -hmm. life now and it's just like now i'm just with myself and mm -hmm. i don't know who i am no oh. and it was scary right like you know and 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 and, and now I've got, i got kids and i'm like okay so i don't know who i am and i got kids and how am i going to teach them to be who they are and i, I need to figure this out like i need mm -hmm. to figure out what's going on with me because this is very very dangerous because they're watching everything that you're yes. doing as a yes. mother as a single mother i'll tell you this much i had to really take a look at who i was going to end up with 
and who I was going to be a role model for because my kids, they, my daughter wants to be like me. I don't even know this shit. Like my daughter wants to be like me. Like she, she wears my shoes. She's getting to the age where everything fits her. So like, she's wearing my clothes. She's acting like me. And she's like, I want to do my hair like you. And I'm like, that's weird. Like I, you know, I've never had a little sister that wanted to be like me. So I was like, and, and then, you know, we noticed like, Hey, she's doing a lot of things that you're doing because she wants to be like you. And so I was like, you know, we had the conversation. I was like, Hey, do you, what do you want to do when you grow up? She's like, well, I want to be pretty like you. And I want to make TikToks and reels. And I was like, (laughs) that is so cute. Like you don't see who who's watching you, especially your kids. You don't think that your kids look up to you, but they really do. And so it makes you think like, is this a, is this the kind of person do I want them to look at whenever I'm dating someone? Like, I want him to look at me happy and I want him to see that relationships are not supposed to be toxic. Relationships are supposed to be nourishing. They're supposed to be supportive. They're supposed to be two people working together to make this a nice household where there's not going to be like, and I'm talking to the person or that woman or that man who's in a relationship and they're just talking shit to each other in front of your kids. You need to stop that nonsense. You need to stop that nonsense because those kids are going to be scarred for life. They're going to follow your steps. They always do. Yes. This, this history is going to keep repeating itself. It's going to be a curse unless you break that pattern right now and you quit your nonsense. Yeah. And that goes back to, like you said, like knowing yourself, right? You need mm-hmm. to know to, you know, what you like, what you don't and have those. My wife's probably something about that too. Like, you know, having standards, right? You know what I mean? It's not a bad thing. You just really need to do that so that people know that they, they can't mess with you, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's... And that's why I love these conversations. Kind of, there's so many things that's going on, and so many things that are clinging right now. But like, so like with my wife, right? Go, when I when I when I met her in high school, um, I was at a point in my life, and this is why like I knew like I needed to be there because we talked about this, right? For the girls, because I, I I've I've gotten hurt so many times to a certain point that I got to that point where I was like, you know what? I don't care anymore, right? Like I'm just going, I'm off to one thing. I'm here to have fun, and it's that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know, and um. I learned how to play that game, right? And I learned the girls with daddy issues or people who didn't have that, you know, how to push the buttons and how to go. And I got really, really good at it. And, you know, when I met my wife, right? And I met her in high school and I was in that stage, I instantly knew I couldn't pull that with her. I knew it. Like, I knew I couldn't run that game with her. So I was like, I never really approached really? her in that manner to try to get... Like, so when I, and I, and, I, and I say it to this day, like when I first saw her, it was literally, I was coming across the hallway. I looked up, I seen her, it was like slow motion. I'm like, yo, I have to talk to this girl. Like, I don't know what it is, but I need to talk to her. And lucky for me, like my best friend was already talking to her, but I knew like not in that manner, right? Like they were just having a conversation. So I was like, this is an easy way in for me. You know, so I got in and I was talking to her and every day for math class, I was making sure I was on time. I was awake like every single day, <laughs> but I never asked for her number. I never asked for her date. I never did any of those things. Because I think even subconsciously, like I knew that what like my game right now wasn't going wasn't going to work, right? So how did you know that? I I I like I I don't know what it is. Like it was just her presence. There was something about her or like her presence that I knew. Like she was so sure about herself. Like I knew it. Like you you, you when somebody's confident, you just know, right? Like you can see, it, and that's what it radiated off for her. And I guess that's what it was. Like I knew, like this is not one of those little sad puppy dog girl. You know what I mean? That you can kind of like <laughs> coddle and be like, oh, you know, and say sweet things and kind of like, no, it's not. You know, so I really right. So I knew I didn't know how to really approach her. That's why I was like, let me just talk to her and just be, you know what I mean. But I never made a move, and I continued to go on to have these things, and 
frankly, with my mom, and I, and I love my mom because I have a very open relationship with my mom. Like I can tell my mom anything and everything, like my mom, like whatever, right? Yeah. So I remember one time, and this is where it kind of started dawning on me, like my behavior and where I needed to change and grow up, right? So I was talking to my boys about, you know, like senior prom and what we're going to do afterwards and all, you know, that kind of talk, right? Yeah. And my mom smacked the shit out of me. Like in front what? of my friends and everybody, she was like, you need to have way more respect for women and all like then, and I like I was like okay I just I got, I got so small <laughs> I got so small you know but then I was like man like I can't disrespect my mom like that that's my you know and that's where it kind of started to sink in right where I was what I was you know the, what I was doing was wrong and, and and all those things and then it really started to hit me home as like I said when my nieces um you know they were growing up and I was always there I was taking care of them all the time like you know as much as I could possibly be there. And I was like, oh, we're going to go, you know, pick up my, my, my girlfriend or something like that. And they started listing a bunch of girls that I've talked to. And I'm like, no, no, no. And they're like, well, just pick one already. And I was like, oh. And they're watching. Like, they see. And, and I was like, I don't want them to be get caught in that game. Yeah. So it really helped me mature. And I think that's when I started to grow and started to realize. And then when I got to that maturity, then, you know, I got out of a really bad relationship. And I still had her... Actually, my wife found me layers later, like on his, on MySpace. She reached out to me oh, on MySpace. On my <laughs> so, so on MySpace, she reached out to me, and you know, she gave me her number. And like every time I was going on and checking, it was always like a hit and miss, right? Like I would reach out to her, and she was in a relationship, or like vice versa. And you know, and even at one point, I was like, I wanted to. I was like, whatever, forget her man or vice versa. And even when I was with somebody that I didn't want to be with moving on, but I was like, I need to end this relationship. I, I need to cut off all baggage. I'm not going to enter this relationship like cheating on my girlfriend to be with you because how was I going to build trust? Like you said, trust is earned, yeah. right? Like how was yeah. that going to build that trust? So I didn't do that, right? Like I I, I really, really waited and we finally, I shot her a text. I was like, this is it. Like I'm just going out to her. Like if it don't work out, then whatever, I'm done. And it's funny because she was saying the same thing. She just got out of a relationship. She was like, I'm not going to get into, well, unless it's him. If he reaches out, then maybe. And it just so happened that we we finally hit that time. And we went on dates for like, I didn't kiss her for four months. We went on dates to the movies, like the, everywhere. Like she was really, she, she was telling me, she's like, I really thought that you just, I didn't know where I stood. Like I was about to just give up. And so, you know, one night we in the call, like two in the morning, we fin I finally kissed her. And that's when everything just took off. But I needed to learn and go through all those relationships. I learned that, you know, when you, when a woman has that, you know, cause her dad was in her life. He was a very role model and he was in, he taught her things and, and she got to see that presence. She, she even developed and was just more mature in seeing that relationship. So she was very, very ahead of her game. And it's wild because I knew that that time in high school, and I'm going to say this, I repeat it. Like, I'm glad that I didn't ever try to make a move in high school because then we wouldn't have this relationship. It would have failed yeah. miserably. And I know it. Ooh. Because you, you know? now you know yourself. Right. Now I know myself. Now You're I know like, who I am. Wow. If I would have tried some shit, she would have blocked me on MySpace, Facebook, Bebo. By the way, I was not 15. I was 13 when MySpace came out. And I did have a MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> I had a background music. Yeah, I'm about to say that. The background music with the little logos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody was a programmer. To put a freaking background and scroll great man yeah man yeah, yeah. no one put the, 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 the top eight you know what i'm saying like why ain't on your top of word like you took me down like, <laughs> but yeah 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 man and, and and it was a lot but it, it was it was that like you said you know we had to take time to know ourselves and, and grow and learn and develop and find ourselves and that's when i knew 
And like I said, you know, the, the relationships that I were in and they failed were great lessons, right? They taught me everything that I did and didn't want in a relationship. So that, again, like perfect example. And like I said, this in the other the other night, like one of my, my ex-girlfriend, I called home one day and we were living together and like, she was like three dudes in my house. And I'm like, who are they? And she's like, oh, they're my friends. I'm like, what, they got names? Oh, well, I don't know their names. And I'm like, they're your homeboys and they're, they don't know the names. And you don't know the names. And I'm not, so, I'm, so whatever. So obviously that, you know, that didn't work out, right? So, you know, when, when with my wife, we were, we were married, I set up an appointment for like the cable to get installed or something. And, um, you know, I'm in my head. I'm like, where are we going to get the internet today? I'm about to go home and play PlayStation and stuff, whatever. And I get home and I'm like, what happened? Like, where's the equipment? Like the guy came. She's like, he came. And I'm like, so he didn't install. Like, I didn't let him in the house. Like, wait, what? Like, I didn't let him in the house. I'm like, why? Like, because you weren't home. I'm, like, I'm not, not, not going to let a man in my house. Now. And I was like, wow. And then now I thought back to that. I'm like, that, I didn't know that I needed that, but I'm glad that I wanted it because now I know, right? Like, and I, was, I wasn't even mad anymore. I was like, I respect that so much more, you know? And now I know when I do appointments and stuff, I'm never going to say somebody that's when I'm at home, I got to be there because I understand and I respect that and I, and I needed that. And that, that's building the trust, right? Like, and all that stuff in those relationships that you said. So we, we got to go through those things and, and, and knowing how women are strong and because of those, those things with their dad, right? Now, going back to that, because I know, like you mentioned, there's this part, like, I wanted to go into the topic, like you said, when you were a dancer and, and, and that's part of life, right? For what, if you may me ask, like, what, what, how did you get involved? Like, what drove you to that course? Like, what was that driving decision? Or where were you in your life that was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do? To become a male entertainer? Yeah. Like a dancer? Yeah. Um, well... Well, if we're going to go down that rabbit hole, we might as well just go balls deep, okay? Because <laughs> we about to, everybody brace on tight, okay? So me, I didn't know I had trauma from my dad passing away. So the way that my dad passed away, like I was, like I said, I was this little girl, you know, I was, I was, I mean, imagine yourself having a little girl, right? You were maybe like 31, 32, and you have a daughter and she is your smallest daughter. She's just, you know, she's eight. She's about to turn nine. Um, it's Wednesday and then on Friday you tell her, Hey, we're going to go get ice cream. Right. And then you, you are an alcoholic, you are on drugs, you're selling drugs. Um, and you're trying to provide for your, for your wife and your other six kids. But this little girl has your heart, right? And this is your little girl. So you tell your little girl, Hey, you know, like I'm going to go and get your ice cream, but you know that you're involved in some shit. And so then they kill you the day that you're going to take her out for ice cream two days after her birthday. And this little girl, you don't know what happens to her, but you know, you die. And so that was my story. I, my father passed away like three days after my birthday and I had just turned so nine. Sorry. It's okay. It's, it still touches me and I, I get a little emotional, but um, the way that that impacted me was so sudden. I lost my father. Um, he was, he was my protector. He taught me a lot. Um, I'm not an emotional gangster. <laughs> um, it's, it gets deep, but he, when he passed away, I went through a lot of trauma. I lost, um, the person that was always cheering me on. I lost the person who, who taught me a lot about my, about how to be a child that was going to be responsible. He would wake me up in the morning. He would take me on bike rides. We would go walking together. Like I would go to work with him. And when that person went away forever um not only did I have to spend most of my time by myself because I had to move in with my mom um but I started developing trauma of abandonment and so when I started getting into an adulthood 
I started finding love in the wrong places with men. And so one of those occasions um, was I started dating somebody that was older. And I always like older guys because I felt like they provided security. They provided like, I guess, daddy issues. They provided mm-hmm. that security, mm-hmm. that safety. They, they were more stable. And I, there was something that I just liked about older men. And so one of these older guys, he was, I think, like uh, 27. And I was like 19, 20. And I started dating him. And I thought that I had to fit into that wife kind of role, right? And so he eventually left me. And I, I had to, I was working at a restaurant and I left my job to be his stay-at-home wife. And then we broke up for some stupid stuff. And I was were left with an eviction in my door. I had two kids. They were one-year-old twins. And I was only like 19. And the landlord came and he was like, hey, you have three days to eva- like ev- evacuate the building or I'm going to have to evict you. And I was like, I don't have money. He was like, well, you're going to have to leave and I'm going to give you three days. And so when he did that, I had to find a way to make money. And I went to my local strip club and I, that's where I went. And I was like, hey, I need a job like today. They're like, have you ever stripped? I said, never. And they're like, well, um, the girls can teach you. You can just go get some shoes. We have some shoes here. And that's how I started dancing. I was very insecure. I was not in the best shape of my life to be a dancer. A lot of people, they look at me and they're like, wow, you look, you know, so amazing. I bet you made a lot of money. But I'm like, going through that journey of being a dancer was like super tough, like super tough for me. I would not, not like wish that upon anyone because the fact that you have to not degrade yourself, but you know you're degrading yourself when you have to dance for money for men. And it's like a lot of these times I had to get drunk to deal with that because I was like, I, it would just fuck with me so bad on another level that it, it felt like a nightmare. Like I have PTSD just thinking about going back to dancing. Like if I, like I would much rather go and work for corporate somewhere than to go and be a stripper. Like I would never do that again to myself. No, and that's a lot. And, and I appreciate you opening up and sharing that, right? Because I think it's, it's another thing that people need to understand that side of the story, right? Like this is somebody's daughter, somebody's mom, you know, sister and stuff. And it's not like, I, I think it's very, and you correct me if I'm wrong, right? Because you live in that lifestyle, right? But I think it's very, very rare for somebody to choose that profession like because they want to like it's like oh that because like it's a dream job or because it's some you know it's from nine times out of ten it's out of necessity right like it's Mm -hmm. the it's the only thing that you feel that you have a value right and Mm -hmm. then it's like and i I can see like again how traumatic it is because i know you're you're having to put a price on it right like an actual dollar amount on it um, you know, and the people always say like, you know, you know, uh, human life is, is priceless, you know, but in your sense, like I'm, I'm literally putting a dollar to it, like, right? you know, and, yeah. and people need to understand that concept. So I appreciate you, you know, just, just opening up and, and sharing that side of you. But, and the other part I want, I kind of want to touch on that because like you said, because I think you said you, you, you thought about like that for your dad and, and what he meant to you was that helped you leave that situation. Right. And, and move on. So how was that? Or, you know, what, when did that what what occurred that day? Like, was it, a trick? was it just an instant moment? Was it just uh, things leading up to that? Or what helped you move on? To move on from that lifestyle? Mm-hmm. I was in that lifestyle since I was, like, 19. So I left when I was 20, 25. 
Uh, I think it took like six years of my life to get out of that. Uh, I went through all the phases. I went through the phase where I enjoyed it because I was making money, much, much more money than I was making at the restaurant. I went through the, when I started drinking at 21, I went through the phase of drinking. I went through the phase of doing ecstasy. And I feel like all those moments had to happen in order for me to be like, this shit has to stop. I feel like um, you want to be like, you'll be very surprised. But when I was making the most money, I was the most depressed. I remember, I, I remember leaving like my hometown to go strip in another city was, was I leave my kids behind for a whole weekend. And even though I was making like all my money in like three days for the whole month, it just felt so shitty. Like, uh, how can I explain this, Freddie? Uh, those moments that led me to, for me to grow up and let go of that lifestyle, a lot of times they say, uh, she don't want to be saved. Don't save her. You cannot save a stripper. If she doesn't want to be saved. You cannot take her out of the streets if she doesn't want to go out of the streets. Like she, this woman has to get herself out of those streets and find a way to get out. Because when you take her out, guess what? She's going to end up right back in because she still wants to go back. I mean, you need to go through those struggles. You need to see the nasty in that industry. So you can be like, damn, this shit has to stop for real. I mean, there were so many times where life smacked me to like smack out of it, but I, I couldn't snap out of it because I was still so addicted to that lifestyle, the, the fast money and, and the traveling to here and there. And, you know, it's just money comes, money goes kind of thing. Right, right. Um, so I think that the moment that I had to shift my perspective was when I was sick of my own shit, Freddie. I was tired of being drunk and I was just, I was over it. I was like, I don't want to be drunk anymore. Like all day I'm drunk. All I, And if I'm not drunk, I'm hungover. And I'm not hungover, I'm drunk. And so in order for me to be in a good mood, I had to be drinking. And so I think that it was it was like a wake-up call. Like I was just I was just not happy. Yeah, no. And, and you know what? I think everybody says that, right? Like, oh, why am I going through this negativity? Why am I going through this bad thing? Right? I think if 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 people want to believe it in the god or in the higher power or the universe whatever it, whatever you want to believe in or whatever you want to call it right you know we're going to keep it's going to keep giving you pain right like if it, that's if that's the lesson you need to learn you're going to keep experiencing pain and more and more intense pain until you adapt and move out of that situation right like life will continue to make you extremely uncomfortable and you change that I, one of my favorite analogies right is the lobster analogy Right, like you look at a lobster and, and as it's starting to grow, its exoskeleton gets really tight, right? So it can't do anything. It's only when it gets so, so tight that it goes off into like a little hole, sheds its outer skin, become extremely vulnerable, right? Because it doesn't have its exoskeleton skin while it grows another one. But it has to uh, get under extreme pressure, extreme uncomfortable in order to change. And that's the same thing for us. Sometimes we have to go to these really, really lows to be like, yo, I do not want to feel this anymore. I do not want to. Now I need to do something different and force you. And until you don't make that move, until you don't wake up in a sense, you're going to continue to feel that pain. You're going to continue to stay in the same spot. Yeah, you know? I mean, there was times I woke up with uh, anxiety. Like, I didn't even, like, get, I didn't even wake up from anxiety. I was just drinking all night, and I would just, like, me, like, how, how can I, I can't, ex I can't put it in words, Freddie. It's, like, it's traumatizing. Like, drinking all day, and then seeing the days go by, and you don't sleep, and you're just, like, on drugs. Like, that is a fucking nightmare. Like, it gives me anxiety. I can't, like, I just, I can't do it. it. I don't know how to put it. Like, I had to really go through that uncomfortable pain for me to be like, I am freaking tired. Like, I'm willing to do anything at this point to get out of this rat race. Like, 
it really it really needs to get to that point like you said needs to get to extreme pressure because we'll get too uncomfortable and then we'll get comfortable being uncomfortable right and then we'll just go back into our old ways and we'll be like oh this is not that uncomfortable and then it's like being hungover being drunk every day is not uncomfortable so let's try being on drugs now and it's like you get comfortable with being uncomfortable with that mm-hmm. and so it just it has to be extreme i guess everybody has their own tolerance you right. have to get like that for everyone, but I feel like everybody has to go through that, like you said, uncomfortable pressure to finally just break free. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's this quote, and I know it's going around. I forgot her name. I know it's this black actress, um, and she was saying that um, you know when you shit in, when you sit and shit for so long, it stops to smell. Yes. And I was like, oh wow, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like be, that, like you just saying, you're getting just so uncomfortable with it. Um, and as I said, that's why life. That's why I said, like life will give you a harder challenge. Like, oh, you're comfortable now. Let me see how more, how much more uncomfortable I can make you. What, what is your breaking point? I'm going to test you, mm-hmm. and so you break and move on and do that, right? And 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 it's just like a lot because I want to kind of go back to it. I know you're saying that, like you said, dating an older man, like when your dad passed away so young, and I and 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 living life on people that don't want to be saved. My cousin, I got a cousin, um, you know, care about her so so much, right? My little cousin. Um, and her dad, my uncle, who I love also dearly, he's been in and out of jail a lot, a lot, right? And it's to the point, like, we kind of just, you know, say, we got, it got to the point where, like, when he's out, we're like, oh, he out on vacation, right? He, but, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a little vacation. Like, ain't hey, permanent, and right back in again. And I know that affected her. But, like, I've seen the daddy issues in her, too, you know, and her always seeking older men. And, like, and, and again, like, not to throw nothing out of because I understand where it comes from, but the guy that she's with now is actually even older than her dad. You know what I mean? He's older than her dad. You know what I mean? Like, and and I understand where it's coming. And it, and it pain. And the reason why it pains me is because I know I see her value. I know what she's worth. I know what she's capable of, but she don't see it, and it frustrates me. And I got to the point where I had to tell her, I said, "Listen, I can't do this no more. Like, I'm not gonna hit you. You get complaints and all this stuff. Like, I've given you advice, tips." help going out of my way and you continue to do the same thing you don't want to be saved don't so do not us. call me no more don't call me no more don't ask for help i don't want to hear it you need to get yourself out of the situation because i'm done yeah that's what you, you know? gotta do sometimes the best thing you can do for someone is nothing yes let them drown let them figure out how to swim you know and it pains me but it's just i got, I got it was taking it was stealing my peace right like you were saying before stealing, stealing my peace. energy and my joy and i can't have that no more Right, and, I, and I, I couldn't do it, you know, and I care about it so much. But I, like I said, that's why I bring it down. So that, and I'm so glad that you're here and talking about it because, again, dads, and this is why I wanted to sit there because as, as a man, if you're going to be a dad, if you're going to sit down and lay with a woman, know that there's a possibility of a child coming out. I, the yeah. only way to prevent having a kid is by not having sex at all, period. Right? Like, we know that. Condoms break. There's all sorts of kinds of, like, th- things happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you do it, there's a chance. And you need to mentally be prepared. And I'm saying this for as a, as a man, as mentally prepared to be ready to accept whatever comes out of that, right? And whatever comes out, and, and be there, right? Like I, I've, listen, I've lost friends over that at a very, very young age. You know what I'm saying? We was in high school and we was chilling with one of our dudes, like everyone, and he had one of those girls that we got pregnant, right? When she was, we didn't find out she was pregnant literally one month until before the baby was due. And we hung out with her every single day. Every single day we was all hanging out, chilling. And we didn't know until one month before she gave birth. Right. But when she told us she gave birth, we all went to the hospital. We were all there. But this dude was nowhere to be found. 
nowhere to be found. And we're all looking at each other like, yo, bro, like, where, where, where you at? Like, nope. So we're like, we go on a, we go on a manhunt. Like, what, what, your kid's being born. Like, you know, like, what are you doing? You got a son coming into this world. He got the YMCA playing basketball. Like, bro, like, you do know, like, your son is being born right now. Like, what are you doing? Like, granted, yeah, we're 17 years old, but, like, my, one of my, my boy, the one who, who, who stole from me and gave me the dollar back, he's younger than all of us, right? And he know he's there. He's 15 years old. He's like, yo, why aren't you at the hospital? Your son's being born. You know what I mean? And he was like, oh, no, I'm going to be over there. We gonna... I was like, all right, fine. We're going to go back to the hospital, and we'll meet you there because, like, you know, we, 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 we need to see our nephew, man. Like, baby was born, still nowhere to show up. We go to his house. He's pulling up with his new girl, getting out the car. And I'm like, bro, like, we went in on him. Like, you, 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 some, and after that, like, it was like, we, we, you're not the type of man we're going to roll with. Like, we can't associate with you like that. Like, I'm sorry. Let me tell you one thing. Let me tell you one thing. As, as somebody who was, who was like, I didn't lose my father because I, I, he left me or something, right? Right. My father wasn't there for me. And I'll tell you, like, I, I had daddy issues. I had trust issues. I built walls with men like I can't trust men to this day that's something that I'm working actively on um I always feel like men have like a hidden agenda for some fucking reason and they're after me like the Illuminati like I have my guard with men and it's something that I'm trying to work towards because not only like did I build those walls because I lost the father figure that I had right for one when you have a father around you men are less likely to fuck with you because they're like no her dad her dad's gonna either beat my ass or he's gonna be there like talking to me when I pick her up, okay? And if and if she doesn't have a father, I saw that a lot of my friends that had dads, they're more likely to get married than women that don't have dads because we have either daddy issues, we have trust issues, we date older men, we date men that we're not even supposed to be dating, um, and we're out doing stuff that we're not even supposed to be doing at a certain age because we don't have that person in our household in our, or in our lives to tell us, hey, don't be doing this shit like this. And you know, when a mom gives you advice, I think it's very different than when a dad gives you advice. Because when your dad gives you advice, I mean, my dad never, I never, I was never there for him to give me advice like that or dating advice. But I can tell you, like, um, I had some men in my life that were kind of like father figures. And when they told me something, I was like, all right, listen. Like, it made me so uncomfortable. I'll tell you one thing. It was so hard for me to listen to any of my boyfriends uh, or be submissive. Not, not not submissive, but yeah, submissive. I, I had to be the dominant one. I had to be the one to always take the lead, take the role. Because I was like, I'm the one with the balls. I'm the one with the pants, right? right? And I didn't have a space to be vulnerable or to be submissive because I didn't. I always saw my mom as the role model. So my mom was the one with the pants. So I was, mm-hmm. I thought all women had to have the pants, including me. So when I started seeing it from a different perspective, like, hey, you know what? I need to, in order for me to be a good wife, I need to learn how to be submissive and I need to learn how to shut the hell up. Because sometimes we could just talk, 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 talk and think we're right. And, and sometimes it's, it was crazy because the last person I dated, I was like, you know what? You're right. I was like, what the fuck? Like, you know, and this is at the time when I was learning more about myself. When I told him, you know what? You're right. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. He was, he just freaked out. He was like, what the hell was going on? Like, I thought you were just, you know, and I think that he was so used to other women. And I think that that's, the other spectrum of it like he had mommy issues so he Mm -hmm. expected me to be like no i am right you know and so i think that as as somebody who didn't grow up with a dad like i grew i had a lot of trauma that i didn't even know about so when i had to unpack all that mess i was like holy shit this is deeper than i thought yeah like me even being like the like 
and it goes way deeper than that, Freddie. It goes like, oh, it's Father's Day. I'm the mother and the father in the role. Happy Father's Day to me. Like, bitch, shut up. Like, you are not a man. You can't do what men do. Like, men can do certain things the way they can. And when you start looking at yourself as a woman and start taking that space as a woman and be feminine, even if it's like opening your own door, like, hey, babe, can you get my door? Hey, babe, can you get the groceries? Mm -hmm. Like, things like that. Like, I feel like you let yourself be feminine and you give yourself more space to be more vulnerable rather than taking the lead all the fucking time because men want to feel like they're needed. Men yes. want to feel like they can be part of this life or with you, even though, and we had this the conversation with, can I get some podcasts? They were saying, um, his conversation was independent versus self-sufficient. What is the difference, right? When you are an independent bitch, then you need, that doesn't need a man and I'm so fucking bossy, da, 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 and I wrote my own shit you tend to get in your own way and you tend to sabotage your own success in your relationships because you're like, I don't need a man. I can do this mm -hmm. on my own. I don't fucking need you. And then you get rid of men like they're disposable. And sometimes you get rid of good men without even knowing it because you don't even allow them to speak because you're the one that always wants to be in control. You always want to talk your ass off without letting the man say, hey, you know what? Like, I'm, she doesn't even want me here. Like, What's my purpose here? Like, I'm not even needed. Absolutely. Let me ask you this, right? And uh, with your ex that you said who had the mommy issues, was his dad present? Do you know? Not really. Not really. And, and here's why. Okay, then I'm, and, and, and I'm, 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 I'm going to my psychology thing, but here's <laughs> what I'm seeing, right? And, yeah. and, and same thing like with single moms, right? If you're a single mother and you're raising either a young man or a young woman, you give off this persona, right? Like you have to, out of necessity, be the breadwinner, right? Be independent, be strong, be careful who you let into your child's life, be protective. So you're always in command, right? Mm -hmm. So for women, right, as yourself, right, when you see that, you develop that same persona, right? Like, because I see my mom doing this, this is what a woman looks like. I need to do this, right? I need to take on this role and do all these extra things, right? Um, from a guy's standpoint too, like then it just becomes almost okay. Like I, I don't have to do all these things because she's a woman. She could do these things, you know. She could wear the pants and all, you know what I mean. Like, and you lose that sense of, you know, nurturing, right? Or like trying to comfort them or be there, right? Like you know, and and it's a very. I was talking about this earlier this week. It's a delicate balance, right, of what's going on. And, and I think I shared this story with you too. I, I love my wife, right, because she's very strong, very very independent, knows what she likes to do, right. And, but I also like, again, it was something so simple. Like the other day we were like, we had the washing machine that went down. Right. And I'm, you know, trying to talk to her like, Hey, this, that, or whatever. And she says, Hey, you know what, you know, the technology and stuff and the, but like you, you know, I know you're going to make the right choice. And I was like, yeah, I, I took, I was like, all right, yeah, I'm saying, I'm neat. I, I mean, I got a mission now. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm out. So I, and I went, I got the one like, look, this one got Bluetooth and it's enabled and we could test it and this, that, but you know I mean, I'm giving all the perks and all this stuff. And I'm like, so, and I've been doing laundry every day. Like I've been doing laundry, you know what I mean? But you know what? Because she gave up, right? A little bit of that stuff. Let me take control and take the lead. Because we do as men and, and we do need that. We need to feel that like we're in control and taking the lead sometimes. Not all the time. We also need to listen and adapt, right? It's a joint effort, right? You know, there's times when I am clearly wrong and I need to understand that. And there's also too when she's wrong and she understands and says, hey, you know what? I'm wrong. And it makes it a lot better. I don't look at it any different or any less stuff like that, you know, but I appreciate that, you know, you giving me the time to, to me take the lead and take control and give me that respect and vice versa, right? But I've seen that, like I said, in that case is when guys or women, when you have a single mom in there and again, out of necessity, they have to be, they have to take on more of those masculine traits 
And when you're from those sex, right, as a woman, if you see that, then you become more masculine, right? And then as a man, you become a little less masculine because you you associate it with the feminine, right? Like, it's not that yeah. you, you know, it's because you're associating with the woman trait, not a man trait, right? Because you don't see yeah. that. So, and, and, and that's why you gotta be careful who you choose and who you bring into your life and all those things. So I think it's, it's very, very cautious um, and doing those now. With you and say bringing about people into your lives and where you are and everything that you've been through now, the whole dating process and with your kids, you know, how does that work? I mean, do, do you feel the need to, well, well, the number one question is, right, how soon do you feel is right to introduce them to your kids or bring up to your kids and in, 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 into the relationship? I'm very open with my kids. I knew that I was going to be, uh, and you know, I, and I'm going to be very honest, like, I, I can't lie to you guys. I fucked up the relationship with the father of my kids because I was not mentally prepared. I was not a good woman. I was not a good partner. I was young uh, and I had kids and I'm not going to blame it on me being young, but I was not thinking straight. Mm -hmm. So I was a cheater. I was a liar. I was an excuse maker and I just wanted to go out and party. And I didn't see the value of being in a relationship with him because I saw my mother do it with six kids, right? And I'm not going to blame it on my childhood trauma, but this is how it played out in my brain. No, absolutely, if right. My, if my mother could do it with six kids, I could do it with two. And so that was my mentality. And so me sabotaging our relationship because he wanted me to be a stay-at-home wife. He was like, you can stay home. I could take care, like I could take care of you and the kids and we can live with my mom and we can be great together. But me, I was like, I want to go party. And my mom do it by herself. I could do it by myself. So when I sabotage that relationship, I sabotage every other relationship because the same mentality kept playing. I can do it by myself. I can do it by myself, right? And so when that's, I finally broke that story down, I was like, damn, like, I actually do want somebody. I don't want to end up alone. Like, I'm not saying that my mom put bad values in me, but she always taught me that you really don't need a man, right? And maybe she likes to be alone. She doesn't like to date men. She's very old school. She only had one, one partner, which was my dad. After that, she was by herself. So... I don't want to end up alone. Like I actually wanted somebody. So I had to figure out how to be that person that could have a partner. Right. And it's, uh, it's very, it's very interesting how we're going into like the relationship part and how all these things play out. But when I knew I was going to start dating people, I was very honest with the kids. I was like, listen, I'm going to start dating people. I don't want you guys to come in the between because you guys need to learn that mom is going to find a partner and he's not going to be your dad. Like, he got married already, so I was like, you're not going to work. I'm not going to break him up from his family, right? So when they understood that, they understood like, hey, you know what? Mom's going to, you know, we're all going to go have dinner with a friend. So we would have, you know, dinners here and there. And they would tell me, I don't like the way he acts. Or, oh, he's a little weird. Or, oh, he looks dirty. Like, they would tell me. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, now we know. So if my kids told me like, hey, mom, we just didn't get a good vibe from this guy. Like, let's just not have dinner with him again. I was like, hey, I'm sorry, just, uh, it's not going to work out. Um, I don't feel comfortable with you and my kids around. So though most men understood. They were like, okay, yeah, cool. Uh, but it was never something like I had to hide it from my kids. Like, oh, my dating life is so secret. They actually, like, I actually needed their feedback. Like, hey, what do you feel about this person? Because uh, the most honest people in your life are going to be those that are always around you, the ones that I could, they could help me vet my partners. And so when my kids were like, you know, uh, we... We had a good, he was a good conversation on this, but I felt like he was trying too hard. My kids were always very honest, very, very honest. Um, obviously, um, we were always more like friends rather than like exclusive boyfriend, girlfriend, come sleep over, I sleep over, we just move in together type of deal uh, because I just didn't feel comfortable. I mean, I have a little girl, they, anything right. can happen, right? Like 
I was a victim of sexual abuse with my stepdad. So I always had that in the back of my mind. So I was like, no, like you can't come sleep over. I don't want anybody in my house or where we live. We can go have dinner. We can go to, I don't know, main event or whatever. But I always incorporated my kids in my dating life because they were the ones that were going to have to share eventually my time with that person. And so when my kids didn't get like a good vibe from the, I mean, I've only had two relationships after the father of my kids, but one of them, they were like, we don't like this guy. We don't like this guy. And so I kept seeing those signs and they were like, we just don't like him. Like he just, he's this, he's that, he's, he does this. And we just don't like it. We don't like him to come over. And so that's when I was like, Hey, listen, um, have, we have to just break up. And, uh, I knew that it was going to cause some friction, uh, which it did. It took me a long time to finally like separate myself from, from that person, uh, mentally, emotionally, cause I really did like him. But I knew that if my kids were telling me like, Hey, this person is, he's, he does things that we don't like, like, uh, maybe he raised his voice or something. I was like, yeah, listen, like, it's not good for us. So I don't think I, I don't think I ever hit it. I just, I was just very honest with them and I would try to validate their opinion because sometimes as parents, we go out and we date people mm-hmm. without validating our children's right. opinion. And then they're the ones that are like, fuck this guy. Like, I don't like him. Like, right. I just I always had a bad feeling. And then things happen, and then you're like, damn, I should have listened to my kids. Because I was going to ask that, too. I mean, like, I was leading into that, having them involved, like, would that feel? And that is right. If you really like somebody and you feel like you're really vibing in you as a whole, like, felt that this person is right for you, but your kids felt some sort of way, you know, how would that? Because, again, I, and I've seen that, right? Like, I've seen in some cases where, you know, the moms want to stay with this guy and the kids, they don't like it for some reason. And it just causes tension in that end. And it's like, then my mom didn't love, not love me enough to stay here. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's very, it's very, I guess, difficult balance in that, right? Like, how do you find your happiness in that? Like, how do you do that? Like, again, like, let's say you get with somebody and you're, and you're raising them with your kids and then they're, they're in there and, you know, you're, he, disciplines your son like not doing his homework or something like that and he's like well he, he raised his voice at me and i didn't like yeah. that and you know would that lead to that or is that a conversation well like you know you didn't do your homework and how do you have that conversation because knowing that this technically isn't your dad but you know he's trying to be the right thing like how did, how, how does that you know play into well, those things well i'm glad that you asked that question because i was actually going to lead the conversation in there um if um you know when and this is what I have done for my family household. And this is what has worked so far. Um, I never let any of my last two boyfriends discipline my kids ever. Um, I was not because the last person I, I, and I'm being honest here. um, I've only dated like three people after the the father of my kids. And uh, I would say like dated, dated the past like three months. Um, But it wasn't like where we lived together. Only one of them did. And when he tried to discipline my kids, um, I was like, listen, these are the rules before we even move in together. Um, you don't spank my kids. Nobody disciplines the kids physically except for me. And that is because I, I have to take the discipline in this, right? Unless we're married and you put a ring on my finger and we live under your household, then you can take the role and say, hey, listen, I'm going to take the father figure. We need to have a sit down and we need to talk about these things, right? Um, and kids are old enough to understand this. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you're if the father of the of the kids is still alive and well, I would never uh, like prohibit them from being in his life. So I would always push like the summer vacations and the holidays and try to co-parent as best as we can just to make sure that the kids have like both parents. Um, and I was like, hey, if you ever need any man advice, go ask your father. He's a phone call away. 
And so we made that very, very clear. But if the father of the child is not present, it's a good conversation for you to have with your girlfriend. Say, hey, listen, uh, now that we're moving into serious things and, and I'm starting to sleep over and I'm staying more, what are the par what are the parameters, right? And so I think that the, the biggest conversation you can have is, hey, who is going to discipline the kids? What am I allowed to say? Listen, um, so-and-so did this. How should we fix it? And I feel like as a team, not like, mm. hey, your mom's not here. Hey, you know, you little shit, and you start cussing the child out because then the child's not going to like you. And it's not you winning the child over or being a two-faced whenever the mom's not there because you want the mom to trust you to leave you alone Absolutely. with the kids, right? Absolutely. So the conversation should be had like, hey, who's going to discipline the kids? How do you discipline your kids? Do you feel comfortable if I tell them something? And another thing is like, um, how do you express yourself about my child? If I see that the person's like, oh, you know, these fucking kids are so fucking dirty, like, you automatically out the fucking door. You're not going to disrespect my child or me in my house. You're going to talk to my child like if it was your child, because when we have a child, I don't want you to, I want to see what your parenting skills are with my children, that they're not yours. And if everything goes well, we'll have a child together. But that, I feel like we, you wouldn't want someone to, like, talk down like that to your child. So... I right. think like the last two partners, I was like, hey, listen, this is how it's going to play out. You don't touch my children. Um, you know, I never left them unsupervised because I always like that thing in the back of my mind, you know, it was not like I was very like um, paranoid about that. But I feel like now that I have gained trust with this person, we always talk about the Okay, they did this. This is going to be the solution. And I always, um, I always say this. You cannot bring a problem without a solution if you complain mm -hmm. about the kids from being dirty what's the fucking solution are you going to help me clean it or are you just going to complain about it right we have to come up with a solution together as a team because these might be my kids but this is our household and you want to be part of this you need to learn how to incorporate yourself and mold into the household and and just be a unit instead of being like well these are not my kids i'm not going to disappear right. i'm going to tell them shit like no you're going to be part of it because in the long run you want to have a child with me how can i know that you want to have a child with me if you don't even know how to parent these kids and they're already, you know, here. So I think that's like, that's a big conversation to be had and it has to be had. If you have a woman that has a child, you need to talk about where's the father? Um, is he a present? Does he provide, you know, support? And if he's not supporting, can, can we get him to contribute? If not, what are going to be the terms of visitation? Is he going to come to the house, pick him up? You know, what are the things? Because a lot, there's a lot of single mothers out there. And I'll tell you one thing. Some women put their child on the side. They go with a yeah. the man, they go hang out with a guy, and then the, the kid is, like, left behind. And they're like, well, you know, it's just, I don't want to, like, bring my son around a lot of men. But it's like, but then again, you're not there with your son. You're out with the man. And the child is just there. So when you are a single mom looking for a partner, you need to bring that child with you. You want to take me bowling? Bring my damn kids with me. Oh, you want to take me out to dinner? I'm bringing my kids with me. Because that just shows what kind of mother you are. And if you're dating a woman that never brings her child around you, it's a good conversation to have. Hey, why don't you just bring your son around? Like, you know, I want to know. Like, oh, I just don't want her to meet you yet. Okay, or I don't want him to meet you. That's fine. But when you're consistently taking her out somewhere, let's go shopping, let's go to the movies, she never brings her kid around. One, I mean, she might be leaving those kids with her mom. She's not a good partner. Or two, she just doesn't want you to meet them because you're not husband material. Either or. Yeah, and, and and that's one of my things, and I kind of like to touch on that too, is because I know like growing up and 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 starting relationships and stuff that kind of played into my mind, right? I was like, am I capable to have a relationship with somebody who already has a child, right? Mm. 
And it made me worry for a couple of things, right? Like those are things too. Like I don't, you know, if, I, if I'm treating him like mine, I'm not seeing that, then it's like, I'm not going to kind of bite my tongue or kind of second guess in a sense. It's not because I'm not, you know, being disrespectful because I'm really taking the world as their mind. So I'm going to treat him as mine through and through, whether you're here or not and all that stuff. But that may cause tension, right? Like, you know, what you know, what I may do and stuff like, hey, that's my kid. You know, like, don't talk to my kid that way. Or don't discipline like that. This is not how I do things. And causing that rift. Then the other part that made me very nervous is because I knew that I I, I wanted to be a dad so, so bad, right? And I wanted, I wanted to have my own kids. That if I'm with somebody, right, and we have kids and we start raising them and then we have a kid of our own, would I subconsciously treat them different because this yeah. one is officially mine, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to play favorites. And 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 I thought about that because again, like I do, I have my my, I, my brother right in between me and my sister right, and my mom never treated him any different right. She always called him his son. We would go when we go to Puerto Rico. She would go to this woman's house and pick him up, and we go. It was always utmost respect, right? So I got to see a lot of the positive sides with like so my immediate and personal relationship with step parents or that co parent type thing was always a positive one. But I guess I'm seeing here and seeing society and how how much negativity spreads and, you know, I don't want to deal with a crazy baby daddy, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to, again, like, if I'm, like, you know, talking to them or trying to, you know, discipline or teach them a certain way that you come and be like, that's my kid. I don't want you doing it that way. And that's causing a problem because, like, if you're with me, then you should trust me enough, I feel like, right, to be able to handle those things. So that those were my my I guess my 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 reasons why I was like I don't think I, I'm 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 able to do that because like, I wouldn't want to cause harm to either one of these kids right mm-hmm. unintentionally because again one is mine and one technically isn't so h- how does that like you know would that that ever like worry like you said I know you kind of touched on it like too like if they have your own kids so how would that work with you you know well I I'll tell you this much dating a single mom is not for everyone and it's okay it's okay. Like a lot of men don't feel comfortable with it. And some men do and some men don't like, it's not it's not for everyone. I'll tell you that much because a lot of times we're just different. And I mean, as a single mom, I never took it offensively. I always made sure that they knew I have two kids. Sometimes I would even like be like, Yeah, I got two kids and a dog and two snakes. What's up? And they're like, uh, it's a lot. And I was like, I get it. It's a lot. Like, I know what I bring to the table. But let me just tell you, I'm not here to be just eat off your table because I got my own table. You can come and eat with us. You know, you can be part of our table. It's not like I'm bringing, and as a woman, I could tell you like, that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to date when I was also a dancer. Cause I also knew like, I'm a dancer. What do I have to bring to the table? I don't got a house. I don't got a, like a stable job. I don't have a, like nothing but this. So I want to make sure that when I come into a relationship, I want it to work out because I already know what it has done for me in the past when I don't have anything and they just see me as a dancer. They think that I want to live off of them, right? So I'll tell you this much. It's not for everyone and it's okay. Like as a, as a mom, you just have to understand it's not for everyone and you're going to be okay. There's going to be men out there that love women with kids because they see that you're responsible. They know that you're stable. They know that you are either a good parent that you can keep a child alive and well fed. Um, and sometimes, you know, if the other person is like, listen, I want to have my own kid. That's the first thing you should have in a fucking dinner when you go for your first date because it's going to set the parameters listen i want kids you don't want kids why are we here because in the long run you're going to be like okay yeah no we don't want kids and then all of a sudden maybe he just wants to have your kids 
And then you're like, oh, I just want another one. And then he's going to be like, uh-uh. And he's going to just pull off the driveway and he's just going to go somewhere else. And you're going to be stuck there three years into the relationship thinking like, oh, my God, what did I do wrong? Well, you lied to this man. You, you say you didn't want any more kids and all of a sudden you do. And so I think that that's one of the number one conversations you should always have with someone. Like, there's a lot of questions you should have. As a, as a single mom, you should have a lot of questions written down on this first date. Not to say that you're going to just sit here and waste time, right? Because you also want to know that you are asking the right questions to the right people. Um, and if they don't want to have like another child, that's cool. But if they do want to have another child, like it's a good conversation to be had on the first date. Um, and I and also think like it's it's in the women's head. Like, hey, what if we have a child and he treats it different because it's his, and he starts treating my kids different because they're not his kids. Like it also goes through our mind. And so that's one of the things that um, I also saw growing up with my sister. She had another child with another man, and then. She got together with this guy and she was worried that that was going to happen. Um, and it was like a, a very early on conversation that they had. Like, hey, do we want to have kids like again or how is this going to work? Um, and also as, as a tip, right? If you're a single mom and you're having this issue with your man um, or you're a man and you have an issue with this girl, tell her like, hey, are you, am I part of this family? Because I feel like whenever you say my kids, I feel excluded. Is it, is it going to be our family, our children, or is it going to be your house, your kids, your family? Because I'm just like the outsider coming in. Right, right. And that's big. And I think like what, as you were explaining it earlier, which is, is huge, is what you got to do with, even if you have kids together, like even with my wife and I, right? Like when we have this with our kids, we, how are we going to handle this? How are we going to discipline her? What are we going to do? Like, I'm not comfortable with this. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, and then we go out and execute the plan. So I guess, again, maybe this guys who are out there is overthinking it, you know, I guess mm -hmm. probably that's what it is too. You know, I think ultimately with anything, right, it's open lines of communication as you've been expressing, right? Like from the first day, like, let me know what our do's and don'ts. Let's just be completely open um, and mm -hmm. see where this goes. And, and like I said, with my mom, like she always so open. And one thing that the, the, yeah. the biggest quote that she'd always say that stuck with me is that she always says is that I would rather people hate me for who I am than love me for who I'm not. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I started to realize that because she's just her herself through and through. If she's for you, great. Then you sit down and you stay around. But if not, then you just get up and move, right? You know? Exactly. And, and But you have to be willing to be open yourself and be vulnerable. And don't do that. Because like you said, if you start trying these lies or trying to, and, and I've done that too, like with relationships, you try to build a relationship on lies or different things or trying to let the other person hear what they want to hear, Yeah. you're ultimately going to suffer in the end. Let me tell you, you one thing. Mean? Not all women that have kids have baby daddy drama. Yeah. And, and not all men that have kids have baby mama drama. I think this is a good conversation to add in the beginning as well. Like, hey, what are the, what's the relationship between the father of your kids and you? Are you guys still together? Are you guys still trying things out? And be honest. Like, hey, you know what? We just slept together last week. Like, be honest. Like, if you're still messing with your baby daddy, that's fine. You guys have, have kids, whatever. You guys have the romance. But if it's still going on, don't lie to this guy. Because then guys... They take that and they're like, oh, my God, all women are the same. All mm -hmm. mamas with, with kids have the same issue. They're all riled up in their baby daddy. And it's like sometimes the guys like move past you, and but they go into this mentality because somebody else lied to them. Yeah, it just and takes one, like right? It just takes one. And that's like a lot of times, too. Like I was telling somebody else, like, you know, I've, I've done it, right? I've, and we, we, everybody's done it. If you've been in a relationship, you've been in a relationship and you've gotten hurt. Right. Yeah. And the only way you go into the next relationship, you have to be willing to get hurt again. It sucks, yeah. but it's true. You have to be willing to get hurt again. Not everybody's the same. Not everybody's gonna do the same things to you. Everybody's the same. Like and, and I've done it. Like I 
I've been in relationships where I've seen the red flags and I'm like, this is a different person. You know what I mean? Like, and even though yeah. I still found the same trap, but I was like, I got to remember this is a different person. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, yeah, because if I keep doing it, right. Because if not, then you're never going to find love. You're never going to find that happiness. So you have to be strong enough and vulnerable to be willing to get hurt and understand that uh, and play that game if you really want to find love. Right. And if you really want to find somebody out there, you got to continue to try and uh, understand that not everybody's the same. Because it just takes one. Like, even for myself, like I said, my relationships and interactions with step parents has always been positive. Even yeah. with my sister and my brother in law, like, they come over, like, we felt like, yeah, at one point, like, it was weird. People looking, like, why is your baby daddy here at their kid? Because we're all family. Like, we're beyond that. Like, we're mature enough and we don't see it like that. We understand he's a good dude and, and, and that's that. But then you see in the news or in the, you hear that once, oh, so more baby daddy got so mad he came out and slashed all the tires. And then you immediately think, like, I want a baby mama drama. I want a baby daddy drama. Can't I don't want. <laughs> you know? So, and I think, like you said that too, like, as you mentioned, I mean, it sounds like you guys have a really good, you know, co parenting skills with you, you and, your, and your kids' parents as being married and having that communication, which is great, right? Like, I think it's because if when you do that, ultimately the kids suffer, right? Like, I've seen it the other day. Like, I, w- I was. And I didn't want to get like my neighbor. He's a really cool dude, right? You know, and I talk to him all the time. I never, I can't judge him, right? Like, I think he's a great guy. And his baby mama came and they were, I guess there's a custody battle going on. And I seen him like explode in a way I've never seen him and grabbing a kid and telling him to go. On. And I so deeply, like, what, like, do you see what he's like? He's seeing all of this, like the way you're teaching. Like, I know she, she might not, she might be in wrong, but don't put your hands on her. Don't like, you know, try to shove you. He's, he's absorbing all this. He's going to think this is okay. You got to, you know, and I, I didn't, cause again, you just don't know what people's situations are. You don't want to get involved in that stuff, but people who are in have to realize that at the end of the day, even my mom always said like, my brother didn't have a choice in being in this world. He didn't choose to be here. He didn't decide to appear out of nowhere. Like, so why should he have to suffer for these adults' decision? Let me tell you something. Let's normalize co-fucking parenting, y'all. We're grown ass people. If you were grown enough to spread your legs wide open, motherfucker be fucking, be mentally enough ready to say, hey, we're going to raise this child together. And it might trigger you. I don't give a fuck. But you need to grow the fuck up already. You need to say, you know what? We had our differences, but this child needs us right now. This child needs both of us to put our efforts to get along civilly around each other because they're watching us they need us they need you they need me we need to put our differences aside and we need to be grown-ass people to get along you need to yes somebody said as long as the parents are teen child it can work a fucking man i'm so tired of the social media fuck my baby daddy fuck it i'm tired of it like i can't even go on tiktok looking at this because it makes me so mad that we that we just oh my god, Freddie, I'm about to go in. We normalize toxicity. Oh, that's my toxic girlfriend. She's gonna slash my tires. Ha ha ha! Don't answer her phone. Block her. Like she's gonna act crazy. LOL. That's not fucking normal. No. What is wrong with you? Oh, I'm just gonna go break her windows, bleach his clothes because he cheated on me. You know what? Fold him up nicely, put some downy in him, and put him in his house. Do not go crazy. Do not go out there fucking breaking windows like a psycho. Or I'm not going to let him see his child. Because you know what? He left me. Like, girl, get over yourself. This child needs his both parents. Y'all need to grow up. I'm tired of this. I'm tired. I'm tired. And we see it now, like, because as we're going back, all this stuff and people holding, using their kids as as a, as a. As a bait. Listen, perfect example, right? And and then going back, like, and Mm. I kind of went through that, right? With, 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 with. with an ex. I, I have my, my, my very first dog, right? My little boy and everything, right? And it was against, like, I knew, like, this is, like, I, this is not where I need to be. Like, this person was able to make me come out of 
my character, like completely out of a person. I'm like, this is not healthy. Like for somebody to have that much, I can't do this. You know? And I was like, I'm getting ready to leave and I'm, I'm getting ready to what? bounce. Right. And she grabs my puppy and was like, you not leaving with, I'm like, give me my dog. He's like, no, no, he's not leaving this house. I'm like, listen, if you don't give me my dog, we go like, no. give me <laughs> like, it's going to get, you know? And, 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 and it's just like, that little minor experience that like, really kind of messed me up, but it's like, don't, you know, and, and, and again, it was just that, like the things that I was going through my head that I was willing to do to get my dog back, to get my child, you know what I mean? To this person is not healthy. No. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and it's, and, and it's so bad because again, like they're the kids, they're seeing this. So if you think, right, like as a parent and you're feeling this pain and this hurt, you're watching your child who's seeing this and normalizing it, that's eventually they're going to go up and feel that pain and hurt. You're a good parent. You don't want your kids to feel any type of pain, any type of, you know what I mean? And try to avoid that and learn and be well aware. You know, even like I said, me and like my wife, we get into like a different argument, stuff like that. Having to, let's take this away from the children. Like we don't want them to see this. Like, we'll have our conversation. We'll talk, we'll, but they don't need to see this and grow up because we grew up in that, right? I've seen my parents yeah. growing up and, and, and fighting and hitting each other with bottles. I mean, like going out yeah. all out yeah. war, right? And yeah. then- you know, like I, I, I'm lucky that I realized it wasn't normal. I want to change that, but some kids, they, they think that's the norm, and you know what? They grow yeah. up, and first thing they what, smack that girl in immediately because that's what my dad does. That's how you treat him. You know what I mean? Like, what are you gonna do? You know? Yeah. We gotta be so, you know so what? aware. It's also the music that we listen to. Fuck these bitches! I'm gonna get some money. Fuck these hoes! Uh, bend her over sideways, flip her like a tortilla. Like, dude, what are you fucking listening to? Like, and then the music that we're listening to nowadays, it's like, it talks about sex and, and, and how you want to treat women like hoes and bitches. And I got bitches to blow and, and all this crap. And, and I'm thinking like, I get it. It's music, but it's gotten to a point where even the music videos are all about what women dancing naked for men and dollars. And what do we do? We normalize that. It's like somebody that was in the industry, I'll tell you, how it gets engraved in your head and it becomes normal. Like, right. oh my God, oh my God, I just, oh my God, I just, I don't even want to, I don't even want to go deep in this, Freddie, because I get so mad when people, like, they, they just, damn, like, they, oh man, like, they do shit around their kids and they hope that their kid turns out to be a civil person, but then when their child starts going AWOL on them at the age of 10, 11, 12, starts beating them up, it was like, why are you beating me up? Well, because my father did it to you, so why can't I fucking do it to you? And they're like, oh, oh, I should have never let him treat me like that around you. Well, no shit, Sherlock. You should have put some damn boundaries, and you should have walked away from that relationship the minute that person decided to threaten you by taking away your child. Mm -hmm. And you have to know that like, that's just... You well, you can't let anybody have that power. That's one of the things that I teach with my daughter and like my son. And said, well, even that, because she kind of understands. I, I teach her. Listen, I want you to be in control of your own feelings. Don't come here talking about so and so made you sad or that person hurt your feelings. You control what you feel, right? Like so, you decide if you're gonna let what somebody else do make you feel sad, happy, or whatever. Because I want you to be in control of yourself, right? Don't be manipulated. That's my whole concept behind it. Like, don't, don't, don't be manipulated. And as you're saying that too, like, like all these guys, perfect example, like all the music, like, uh, like Blueface and his girl, Chris, Christiane or whatever. I'm, I'm no, okay. See, so you know exactly. Uh, see, see, see. And, 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 thinking, and I'm looking at, he's talking about all this stuff, right? These dudes talking about all this, like all, all these things about dancing and stuff and what they talk about the ideal woman is. And then they get mad because the girl can't cook. Like she can't make you a bowl of cereal. And you mad, but like that's all you're advertising about, right? That's what it's all about, right? Guns and you, you, this is what you want women to be like for you. 
No, right? Like, then you're going to get mad because she can't cook. She don't clean. She, all she want to do is be on TikTok. Or she, and now you want to be upset about it? No. It don't work that way, bro. You, know you called to see yourself. You know what? When okay, okay, let's go deep into this. Because some men get mad and they might leave the chat and I'm going to fuck. But listen to me. You cannot go out there and claim to, to possess something when you don't possess it yourself. Wes Watson says this. Love is a verb. You need to be able to possess what you want another person to have. If yes. you have self-love, you need to be able to have self-love so the other person can have self-love. You cannot expect for your girlfriend to look like a motherfucking model when you don't even go to the gym. You cannot expect your girlfriend to be on her fucking A1, top 10, achieving goal, entrepreneur life, when you are a bum-ass person that lays in the damn couch all day scrolling through Facebook, hoping hoping that a miracle happens. It doesn't work like that. It needs to be reciprocity. You need to have the same thing that you want the other person to, to have. You need to be able to hone that in yourself to expect it from someone else. It's so ironic how people want, oh, they want a housewife, they want somebody that cooks and cleans and has their shit together, but they themselves don't even have a house to put that housewife in. Make it make sense, Freddie. Make yes. it make sense. Yes. And you know what? And it kind of goes back to everything that you're saying, right? Like having to grow and, and find yourself and change, right? And I think that's exactly what you did, right? You, you, you know, growing up, you, you went through that phase in your life, right? Losing your dad and then having that trauma and trying to find yourself um, and growing, right? And then out of that, you became now this fitness and nutrition coach, right? And all these things that are going above and this wonderful keynote speaker and, and things, you know, how has that, how did that transition start for you? You know, and how do you hope that, how are you, how do you want to help other people find that? Like, how are they going to be able to find that? How did I went from being an entertainer, alcoholic, drug addict to being a keynote speaker, certified fitness and nutrition coach? Absolutely. Well, I just did a whole 360, Freddie. I woke up like this. <laughs> 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 no, guys, it, it was a fucking long ass journey. I'm not going to sit here and say that I was made of gold and that things fell into place. And that's how everybody sees. They're like, oh, my gosh, she's good looking. Everything must have been easy for her. Actually, no. Everybody wanted to sleep with me. Everybody wanted to deviate me from my goals. Everybody wanted to just, like, use me. I guess it was, like, a curse and a blessing. Like, they were like, oh, she's pretty. Let me just go fuck her and, like, forget about her. And so I had to go through those hard times dating the wrong man and getting used uh, by men uh, just to learn that, hey, you're worth more than this. Like, who do you really are, right? It took a lot of deep work. Like, knowing that I had trauma why am I dating these older men? Why can I, like asking yourself these questions, why can I date men my age? Why can I date within my same age range? What is it that I'm looking for, right? Like at night, when you think about your life, what do you want to be remembered as, right? And I think that the shift for me happened like little by little by going through these things and asking myself, why, does, why do things trigger me? Why when somebody says, hey, uh, you know, like fuck bitches get money, why does that trigger you? Like, why, why, why does it make you so passionate? Like, what's, what's driving you to, to go for more? What, what is your purpose of living every single day? What are you going for? And so that's one of the questions I had to ask myself every day was, what is going to be my end? Like, where am I going to be at whenever I die? What do I want my kids to remember me as? If I were to die tomorrow, what's going to happen to my children? Right? And I think that if it wasn't for my children, I would have been completely a different person. I would have been still in the streets. I, I mean, I dropped out of high school. I probably wouldn't have ever gone back. I probably would have been somewhere lost right now. But I think that the, the, the main driving force for me to shift my life like that and make something out of myself was the fact that I had to face my demons, Freddie. I had to look at myself in the mirror and say, 
you don't own property. You don't owe shit. You're just a pretty girl that's going to get old one day. You're going to get saggy. You're not going to be a stripper forever. Nobody's going to want to date you. You're going to end up alone. You're going to end up on fucking homeless or something because you didn't even prepare for retirement. Is that really how you want to end? Like, is that really your purpose in life? And just own up to it and say, damn, like, just, just really take that in and see if that's going to be your purpose. If that's really, and be honest with yourself. Like, am I going to go live with my children? Am I going to be homeless? Am I going to be broke? Am I going to end up alone because I'm not going to be able to bring a relationship to fruition because I'm just an asshole like that? And face your demons and fix yourself, right? Figure out how can I make myself better? How can I stop being this person and be that person over there? Because I feel like once you really take accountability for your actions and for what you have become, because nobody's responsible for whatever you're going for. You are responsible for this shit. If you are going through some fucked up scenarios right now, it's because you put yourself through them. I didn't put you through them. Freddie didn't put you through them. Your mama didn't put you through them. You chose this life. You cannot say, oh, because the government, the, my family, you know, my past, my baby daddy, he did me wrong. I should have, somebody I could have, would have, should have, hypothetical. Like, shut up. Get over yourself. It was you. Like, you put yourself in this predicament. You just got to mm -hmm. own up to it and say, fuck. Yes, it's me. It's me. And when you start learning to say, yes, it's me. I am here because of this. That's the moment that you're really going to start shifting yourself because, God rewards you when you start taking accountability for yourself. He really does. Yeah. You have to first yeah. take accountability for yourself. No, absolutely. You got to no, uh, I, I started saying something like years ago, right? Like, uh, cause I, I got to a point where things like I was in that state of mind, like, man, this is bothering me, this, that, whatever. And I don't like this. And I don't like that. And then I just sat down to myself and I was like, yo, keep it simple. If you don't like it, change it. <laughs> like if you don't like it change it you know what i mean and and and, and, and it was and like just like that it was like an aha moment and you think that it's it's something that's so simple right but people don't realize it because again they're they're waiting they're waiting the to be way. saved right For they're the waiting right, time. right. like and, and and i love this it was like this this joke right where this this guy right he's out in the middle of the sea and he's drowning he's fighting for his life right and he's praying, he's praying to God, and then a boat comes by, and he's like, hey, listen, do you need a hand? And he's like, no, don't worry, God's going to save me. He's like, all right, you know, comes back another one. He's like, dude, you need... no, no, God's going to save me, you know, fine. This guy gets to the pearly gates, right? And he's like, dude, like, God, why don't you save me? Bro, I sent you two boats. Like, I mean, what else do you want me to do for you? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I want to come down here and like, you know, like, you have to learn and seek those opportunities, right? Like, yes, I know we want to, and we all ask for a sign, right? We all do that, right? We all ask for a sign. But when you see it, move, take yeah. action, do something about it, right? Like, don't just sit there and like, oh, yeah, that's my sign. Everything's going to get, no, it's not going to magically wave around. You're not going to wake up and everything's going to be better, right? You need to Amen. really take action and, and do that. And you, as you were going on saying something, it made me realize something with with me and my wife right i know there's a lot of times where we got to things and she 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 would say this like this is not the what this is not the life that i want right mm -hmm. and i and i was taking it personal in a way right like and i guess like feeling is more about me but as you're kind of breaking it down and saying that like no it's just like you said that like what do i want of me to become at the end of it right like I, mm -hmm. it's not about 
and I guess and, and it always happens like that, right? Like you hear it from somebody else and it kind of like makes sense, even though the, you know what I mean? Like, and I guess yeah. it's kind of like where I'm looking at just, just seeing that passion I'm speaking. That I kind of under, I understand a lot more where she's coming from, what she says. That's why I thank you for, for that. And then it'd be like, yeah. so I love about these conversations and, 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 and I know we're kind of going over and all stuff. I'm so sorry. I was trying to keep it within the hour, but it's like, we're getting, we're getting, we're getting in there. Yeah, people tune in. And like I said, this, this is amazing, right? Like, this is a lot of people been asking for this conversation and having it. And I'm so glad to be able to speak with someone who has a lot of things that that gone through things that I'm curious about, right? You know, the co-parenting and, you know, the, the lifestyle and making those transitions and, and going up and everything. So I guess going on to like, I know like I've introduced you, right? The the fitness, you know, and, and wellness coach, nutrition coach for women, right? Like for specifically women. for women, right? And, and is that just mainly because of, you think is it because you really want to empower women or do you think it's still more of the hesitation of the fear of the guys part about it or, or where do you, where does that separation come? Um, I don't understand, man. Men are, men are weird. I mean, I personally, I, I can't train a man. I just don't feel like, driven to be like hey what's up like wake up in the morning and let's do something because i don't know what a man goes through right i know what women go through like i know that you know women don't have time for themselves women always we always as a mother i'm telling you we always put each other like we put ourselves before not before we put our kids before us we always oh who has to be fed the kids and guess what what the kids eat you eat and guess what motherfucker you start looking like a damn kid yourself you, you start looking big. You start looking saggy. You start letting yourself go. Because the kids are napping, I'm napping. So then your whole day goes by. And then you're, sleep, you're sleeping all day, waking up all night. And then you're skipping your meals. And then you're running on three hours of sleep when their child was sick. So that's where the woman comes from. Because I know how hard it was to be able to not only, I guess you could say, like, dating has, I mean, dating has saved my life. Because I, want, I was like, how can I how can I feel confident to talk to men, right? Considering that I was very shy because, you know, I didn't, like, we were talking about fathers. I didn't have a father figure to give me that confidence to talk to men. Um, and when I did, it was my stepdad. And, and he betrayed me by being sexually abusive to me, right? So I was kind of, like, pulled away from men. And so I was like, I want to learn how to be confident enough to talk to men. So I thought being hot was going to help me be confident. And it kind of did. But I still, like, I wouldn't go up to a man and be like, hey, what's up? You're so hot. Like, let's date each other like it just gave me confidence to be good like good in my skin and say mm-hmm. hey you know what like i feel good i don't have to hide my body like and when you're intimate with a man like they want to see you and you don't want to be like like don't look at me right because then it just you don't feel comfortable like it's a really awkward situation so i wanted to give the same gift to women i was like i want you to feel good naked like i want you to go out there and be like i feel good about myself with or without clothes as a matter of fact, I don't even have to wear skin tight clothes because I am so confident in how I look under this clothes. It doesn't even matter what people think. Like I can wear whatever the hell I want. And I just, I feel like every woman should have that power. And once you have that power as a woman and you're so confident, so liberating, like Freddie, it's just a great feeling when you can wear a sundress and not worry about how it looks. You're just like, you know what? I know how it looks. Don't worry about it. Like, so I just, I love that. I can give that to women and when I see them transform their lives and how they can wear bikinis now and they're like, dude, I haven't been able to wear one in years since high school. It just, uh, it makes me so happy. And then again, I was raised with like five sisters. Right. Uh, shout out to all my five sisters. Oh my God. Living with five women in the household. There was never enough shampoo hair, Freddie. Never. Hair ties were scarce. <laughs> okay. So I used to, 
call my house, right, the Underground Railroad, right? Because my mom and my, like, everybody who was coming from Puerto Rico, right, to start a new life here would come through our house, right? So at one point, there was, like, <laughs> six or seven women in the house, you know? So I think that's also true. Like, my dad was home, right, and he was there, but I, I he was always to himself, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'd have to go find his ascension, and, you know, and, and you know, he like I said, I thank him the other day because it dawned on me that like what he taught me and what I saw from him was how to provide, right? Like he was just an instant provider. Like if we needed something, he'd go out and hustle, whatever, get it, come back home. And that was it, you know, but I have, if I needed something, I could tell him what I needed and I would get it, right? But a lot of women, a lot of women in the house, right? Like I said, like six or seven women in there. And it's just chaos. Like in the morning, like my sister, I would unplug the blow dryer because I knew in the morning she would wake up with the blow dryer. I'm like, I'm trying to sleep in. So I would like unplug it every morning, like at night, so that she like fix out like French, like, how why is this not working? So so I can get like another five, ten minutes of sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or 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 again, like just the, the, the bathroom just kind of, you know, I'm like, if I if I had to go to the bathroom, I had to make it quick be in now because it's just a nightmare. Or like knowing again, like when they would all fall in sync with their periods and all that stuff. Like I went through that for months, so I just knew when it was and the highs and the lows and got to read that i got so well i got so well at reading it my cousin my youngest cousin right i was sitting there she was going through these things and i told her i said yo you're gonna get your period this week it's like no you said whatever stop it i was like you're gonna get your period this week you're gonna do water, whatever a couple of days later like i hear her she goes to the bathroom starts screaming for her sister she's like oh my god come here and i go to the stairs i told you i knew it i called <laughs> <laughs> so like you just kind of like but growing up with women is a different experience. Like, yeah. when men talk about like being raised with women, it's a it's different. They they know they're, they're like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, do you want some? Do you want like some Tylenol? Do you what do you want? Like, I'm you know they're more understanding and more capable of comprehending what what goes on in a woman's life because mm -hmm. it's not easy being a damn woman. Let me tell you, we push out a whole ass human, and then we're still expected to look sane and have a regular life and juggle a kid and. So my, if men could just get in our shoes, and I feel like COVID taught us a lesson of how to be a mother, because we all had to be home for nine months. I don't know on your state, but in our state, we had to be locked up for nine months. Now imagine doing that whenever you have a child. You have to stay home. You can't go out. You can't go drinking because you're always feeling sick. Like, that's exactly, that's exactly how it feels <laughs> to be a damn mom all day. So imagine doing that for the rest of your life for 18 years. So shout out to all the stay-at-home moms and all the women that are pregnant. Y'all need to be more, not y'all, but people need to be more sensitive to what women that are struggling with pregnancy go through because it's so hard, like, on a woman's body. We go through everything. Unwanted hair, heat, strokes, all this shit. It's just, it's messy. It's really messy. It is. It's, it's a lot. I, I'm And, and I... I... Well, for me, right, I wanted to be a stay-at-home dad because, again, like, I wanted to always be there for my kids, unlike that my dad, right? I wanted to go to their concerts and always be present, right? Um, so I, I, my, my wife blessed me enough and, and let me do that. Like, things worked out for me that way. Like I said, I got laid off from my job. But on the flip side to that, I was able to still get a part-time job, and they were paying for me to go to school and, you know, get my degree. So I was doing that. So during the day, I was a stay-at-home dad. And, 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 and that, it made me very self-conscious, and I felt... Um, emasculated a lot of times mm -hmm. right because i would go to the playground with my with my daughter you know and she's running around and, and doing all these things and i'm looking around and it's just all moms at the park and in my mind because again i associated with being a provider like going to job and doing that then in my own head i'm like all oh, these women are looking at me like oh look why is he here why isn't he at work why isn't he getting the food you know like he's in the mm -hmm. you know what i mean like what is he doing 
you know so i always just felt like such an uneasiness going to these places or like when people are like oh like what do you do like i'm, I'm a stay-at-home dad and you know guys like oh you know kind of look at you kind of like maybe less so i really yeah. but my wife was completely different. like and I, and I would tell this all the time like yo like i, I kind of feel subconscious going to the park and when there's women there because i feel like they're judging me right like i'm not being yeah, a good you man to you yeah you know and she was like you're doing so much more like you're, you're with her you know, my, my daughter taught her abcs english and spanish the colors and all those things and really and the more and more i got comfortable I was like look this is what i wanted like i'm not gonna let what other people think you know impact what i'm doing like i love being here for my kids, I love doing that. Like, sadly to say, and you know, and, and through it, I was like, some, some of y'all dads, your, your baby daddies, they ain't even here. They off running around because just that or third, you know. And, yeah. and 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 back to like what we were saying too, like like pushing them off, like you're saying what you're doing for women in confidence. And then guys, I guarantee you, look, look, I will speak to all guys and say this: we love a confident woman, right? Who has her own, who has her stuff together, right? Who doesn't need me, who wants me, but doesn't need me. That is the ultimate thing, right? Like, and that's what I realized with my wife when we were going on dates, stuff like that. I knew that she wanted me and didn't need me, right? Because if you feel needed, then you know, what's the point of the relationship? Like, if I can't provide, then you're not here, right? Like, I want yeah. you to be here because I want you to be here. And yeah. I think women, you know, when they they lose that confidence in themselves, um, you know, you could tell. Yeah, you can tell. Like I love, like I tell my too. Like sometimes I tell my like, listen, I want you to take charge. Sometimes, like you know what I mean. Like there's moments where just take the reins and go. Like I need you to be a strong independent because I, I want that. Like I, that's why I chose you. I wanted to be with you because I found that attractive. I want that for our kids. That's what I want, right? When a woman isn't that confident on stuff, then you know you they get treated differently, right? They don't get treated with the same respect, right? Because they're not respecting themselves ultimately, right? Like yeah. that's what it comes down to. What you're doing with that and empower women, I think it's, it's, it's amazing, right? They need to have that confidence. But also, like you said, right? Because I think the balance of that is teaching to have that confidence, right? But even for yourself, learning to be a bit submissive, right? Learning to give up a yeah. little bit of yourself, right? Because it, it, it's needed, right? Again, it goes for both sides. Like us guys, we do give up a bit of ourselves like, to be in this relationship and it should go vice versa, right? We need to feel control and give control. Men are willing to be, uh, men are willing to be vulnerable to the woman that they feel comfortable doing it with. Like Absolutely. most women, most men do have that soft side in them and they do want to have those soft moments and let themselves down and, and be vulnerable around women. But some women do weaponize that. And so I feel like it's, you just, as a woman, you need to learn how to accept men that cry. It's okay. Mm -hmm. They cry. And if you're not mentally ready to see a man cry, then you probably shouldn't be dating. Yeah, and that's what my wife said that too. Like, you know, she was like, I I I hide a lot of those emotions, those feelings and those vulnerabilities like from her. It's like, wow, like I don't I don't want you to see me crying because I don't want you to look at me and think like, oh, like oh he's soft or like not feel protected or like think of take it as a sign of weakness. But I started to come and I started to realize this and I was working on it, man. Like people and hopefully I've been working, I'm working on this quote, I'll try to lay it down on you, right? That I'm trying to put this out, but I think we should fear those people who are vulnerable, right? Who are openly vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine what power their strengths have that make them confident to do so. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like how confident are you and how strong you are in your strengths and the things that you are good at, that you're willing to say and give up my own, like, like an eight mile, right? When Eminem went out there and he's like, oh, this, I'm a white rapper, I'm this, I'm, I'm taking away, I'm, mm -hmm. all my vulnerabilities, I'm putting them out there. Now what you got, how are you going to beat me? Yeah. What you got? Yeah. Right. So that you got to be very, very people, the people who, who are willing to do that because, yes, they're willing to do that because they know they're strong enough to take whatever comes with it. Those people have faced their demons enough to that nothing can break them. Exactly. Nothing, 
Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, it, it, look, this is absolutely what I, I love this conversation so much. Thank you so much for joining me. As we want, and I got two last questions for you. I'll let you go because I wanted to be very, very respectful for your time. Um, but number one, right, with everything that you've been through and, you know, growing up in your life and your experiences and stuff, um, what do you think has been the best advice you received so far? Uh, oh, shit. Everybody's giving me advice. Let me tell you one thing. Parenting advice, don't give me none. Uh, I, I still raise my kids the way I raise my kids and ain't nobody going to give me parenting advice. Um, but I, I would say, like, advice that someone has given me. You know, I always, I always ask old people for advice. Like, old people. Like, like 70, 80-year-old people. Mm -hmm. And I just sit down and I talk to them. And if you're a young person and you didn't have, like, a like a good familiar structure with, like, parenting or your mom or your dad was always at work, whatever... And you're like me, uh, talk to old people. They're going to give you the straightest fucking answer and they're not going to sugarcoat it because you don't mean nothing to them, first of all. But talk to them and, and ask them, what were you doing at the age of 24? And most of them said, well, I was doing this. I'm like, is there something you wish you would have done more of? And they always tell me, I wish I didn't give a fuck what people thought about me. And I'm like, got it. And every time I asked them, every time they told me, I just wish I didn't care what people thought about me. And let me tell you, I've been on uh, the, uh, a few other podcasts. Mike Tide Radio actually asked me this. He said, uh, you know, like, what, you're just very free. You don't care what people think. I'm like, I, did, I don't give a fuck. If you don't like me, you don't like me. That's cool. There's somebody else out there that really does fuck with me. And they rock with me and they'll, they'll just support me because of who I am. I'm real. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and pretend to be something I'm not. Like, I'm just, I'm not. Like, I, I can't. How can I, how can I do that to you? So uh, be real with yourself. Don't, you, you should just not care what people think. At the end of the, this is one thing that uh, one of my coaches, Steve Warner taught me. And it's like this tool, he was, he did uh, psychology, um, one of his majors. And he said, um, the way to get over that is by, um, think about it. Well, Cause it was my, my fear of public speaking, right? He taught me how to public speak. And he was like, Maria, uh, and he said this, I quote, he said, Maria, you're not the main character in anybody's story, okay? At the end of the day, you remember it a certain way in your head because you're judging yourself. The person that was in front of you or inside of you, they remember it as their version of you, okay? And if they have a bad perception of themselves, they're going to mirror that onto you, okay? So everybody has a different perception of you because if somebody says, oh, she thinks she's a show off, that's because they're insecure within themselves, that has nothing to do with you. If the other person says, oh my gosh, she, she's like super hot, whatever, it's because that person just is really confident with themselves. And they, and they just recognize it. So everybody has a different version of yourself. What version of yourself do you have? And think about it. Everybody has their own life. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to go home at the end of this scenario. And they're going to go about their day. And they're not even going to remember what you said. They're only going to remember like one or two phrases. But other than that, you're not the main character in their life. The world does not revolve around you. Get over it. And I was like, oh, cool, man. Like, I'm going to fuck. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I learned to, like, just not, not, like, just not, like, not care. As you said all that, right, so many things just, just sparked off right in my head. <laughs> and then seeing this, just, just how, how important it is, right? Like, number one, it goes back to, like, my mom says, right? Like, always be loved for who you are than hated for who you're not. You know what I mean? Like, accept yeah. that, right? Like, know that, and people who are, and I wish I learned that too at a younger age, right? And it's funny when you said that, like, about, like, the old, talking to older people, like, 60 or 70, because there's another quote that I love, love so much, I believe it was by Winston Churchill, right? And about the same topic, but he says, when you're 20, you worry that everybody's talking about you. 
Mm-hmm. When you're 40, you stop to care. And when you're 60, you realize nobody gave a damn in the first place. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I was like, I'm trying to have that 60 mentality now, right? I'm trying to get over that and understand that because, again, it's true, right? Nobody, nobody really cares about you. Like, everybody's no. out for themselves, and number one. And as you said that, right, like, yo, people are always projecting their insecurities onto you. And yes. somebody else said, I forgot who it was, but they, they put like this, like, I have never been criticized by somebody who is doing more than me. Amen. Amen. Out of all the millionaires that I've been <laughs> in all these conferences, ain't no millionaire ever told me, Maria, you're too damn confident. Like, they're like, hey, you did good. Like, hey, you know, and it's true. People that are doing better than you, they're not going to try to tear you down. So if people that are beneath you or not doing as well as you, they're the first ones that are going to be in the front row throwing stones. And God said it himself, if you're free of sin, throw the first stone. Motherfucker, nobody's free of sin. So ain't nobody here to judge. I'm not here to judge. And when the women, you know, there yeah, are women on my social media. And they post pictures and, and they're showing their ass and everything. I'm like, girl, you do you. Like, I don't care. Ain't nobody care. I don't care. Like, at the end of the day, it's not my it's not my problem. It's, it's none of my business, okay? Like, you do you, boo-boo. Oh, your friend's a hoe. Listen, it's her ass. It's not my ass. What the fuck am I? Am I a judge? We all went through that. Like, leave her be. Right. Let right. the person be. Right, right. Let them do what they want to do, right? Again, you just worry about yourself, right? And focus on your energy and take it on your own journey, right? Because... So, oh man, another one of those is that said, right? Like everybody always says like, oh, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? It's green where but, you water it. Exactly. They got to be green where you water. But then also what he also said, like, you also got to be worrisome. Like you don't know what they put in the grass for it to be that green either. Right? Mm-hmm. Side side, I was like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, so keep your eyes down, focus on where you at, worry about your journey and what's going on. And you will have beautiful explicit grass if you really wanted to, because mm-hmm. if you don't like something, change it change right it. get up and do it have that confidence you know uh and, and so so lastly they probably parts i saw on this right because i want to go back and if you look at it right so now looking back at your younger self or at the younger kids and stuff like that and what your life experiences and stuff and if you have a chance to look back and give somebody a piece of advice right from what you've been through what would that be uh you know it's funny that we say this and i'm, I'm gonna tell a story real quick i'm not gonna take much of y'all time but uh, quick story time. I was on Clubhouse one day, and I'm, I, I love the Clubhouse streets, right? And we're talking about this conversation about having kids at a very young age, and then this young gentleman talks to me, I have four baby mamas, and uh, it took me, like, so-and-so years of $100,000 debt and above. He said, like, some crazy number. He goes, it took me about X amount of years to pay it all back, and then uh, he was saying, you know, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have done it. I would have waited about 10 years. And he was giving some irrational math. Like, like waiting 20, 30 years to have a child with his wife. So, I mean, technically, that's not mathematically correct because we expire, motherfucker. Like, it's not right. So he was, he was saying, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't do this. If I knew then what I know now, I would have waited. If I knew then what I know now. And so I was like, listen, 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 I'm tired. Hear me out. If I knew then what I know now, I would do it all over again. Because all those lessons that it taught me how to be a mother at a very young age, how I had to learn how to embrace and be an adult and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a parent because this is, the cho- this is the life that I chose. I made this decision. I need to stick it out and I need to be an adult. It wasn't more for like feeding my ego. It was more for taking responsibility and stop running from my own decisions because I was that kid that I would get away with everything. And so the day that I stopped running away from myself was the day that I took accountability. So if I had a piece of advice for my younger self was 
keep on taking accountability because your work is not going to go unseen in God's eyes. He's going to see that you're taking responsibility. And when you start taking accountability for all of your actions and start really seeing you for who you are and saying, hey, what I did led me here. What I do now is going to lead me to my next path. That's going to be how your life is going to play out really, really well because you're not going to be running away from your own demons. You're not going to be running away from your own situation. So my advice to my younger self is stay accountable. Stay accountable and stay consistent. Don't run away because I feel like a lot of times we try to run away from our own actions and we try to blame it on everyone. And then it's like we end up in this huge mess and we are like, it wasn't me. It was destiny. I was I was, I was minding my business and it's really not minding your business when you're the one that's making these decisions for yourself. Mm -hmm. Taking yeah, accountability. That is huge, right? I think we see it so much, I think with these younger kids and this new generation where it's just so easy to blame something else. Like, oh, it was a TV show. It was this, it was that, it was the music. You have your own mind, right? You make your own decisions. Like everybody says, no, I put a gun to your head to do anything, right? No. Um, and I think, I, and I, I want people to, to. I think that's kind of what we're going at too. Like you can't live with regret, right? Like there's no point in living with regret because I would say, Sue, at that moment in time, that was exactly what you wanted to do. That's exactly what you needed. <laughs> that's exactly what you wanted to do, right? You know what I mean? And if you didn't go through that, and if you didn't experience, then you wouldn't learn the experience. You wouldn't see these outcomes. Like, You wouldn't be the person you are today. That's why, mm -hmm. I, that's why like, it, 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 didn't, it didn't, I don't want to say trigger me, but it was like, wait a minute. Like, why would you say if I knew then what I know now, you know? For me, it's like, when you say that, it's like you regret something. If I knew then what I know now, like, I don't, like, don't tell me wrong. Like, if I knew then what I know now, I, I probably wouldn't be here being a keynote speaker. I'll probably be a freaking doctor. Hello. But I feel like the way it played out, like the way I see my whole life, I'm like, it had to happen that way. If something so small would have changed, I wouldn't be here telling this story to someone on Instagram, on your channel that needs to listen to me, like that needs to snap out of it. So everything happens through me, not to me. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah. I think that's these people always say that, like, if I would have known then, I don't know now. Well, you wouldn't know that now because you didn't have that happen to you then. So you would never find out. So you need that yeah. to happen for you to know that now. Like you, you wouldn't can't. be a go-getter if you wouldn't have gone through those situations. You probably exactly. still in the streets. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's, it's those things. And, and you know, I'll go off and I'll, and I'll end it with a story of kind of like that similar, you know, the shares before. But, um, you know, people say that like, oh, if I wouldn't known then what I don't know now, then I would have changed. Or people always say that I'm a product of my environment or this, that, or whatever, and making excuses, right? So there, there's a, these twin boys, right? Born to this dad, drug addict, gambling, you know what I mean? Like going out doing all sorts of these crimes, right? Constantly in and out of jail and all these things, right? Really, really bad lifestyle, right? Years go on, his kids grow up. One of his kids grows up and he follows the exact same steps, right? Even worse, right? In and out of jail, going drugs, gambling, all that stuff. All the same things as his dad, right? The other boy grows up. He's now the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, right? Making billions of dollars, super successful, on a suit feet, right? Person goes to interview these brothers, right? And they ask him, like, you know, what drove you this? Like, how did you end up this way? And the answer was exactly the same. With a father like mine, what would you expect? Mm. So it's not a matter of where you come from or what life gave to you or what that, all that it boils down to is your mindset and what you have up here and how you decide to handle that, 
right? That's what it comes out to. It's not a matter of your environment or anything. That is how you take the information around you, how you process it, and how you act on it. Right? How you use it to your advantage. Exactly. Exactly. Learn that, right? The best people do that. You take your weakness and make it to your advantage, right? How do you how do you win that? You know what I mean? So don't regret, please, people like that, don't regret where you come from. Don't regret anything that happened to you. The trials and tribulations that you went through in your life were supposed to happen for you, to help you, to grow you, to develop yeah. you, and make you the person you are today. So, Red, thank you so much for, for sharing this time. I absolutely loved, loved our conversation. It was awesome first. Thank you again for being the first solo female interview on this. Encourage me to probably do some more, but I need to have exactly stories like you. So thank you so, so, so much for, for sharing. Of course. It was a pleasure. It was all mine. Um, I appreciate you sharing your platform with me to share my story. And hopefully that somebody, he listens to this and gets empowered to change their environment and change their future. And they can reach out to you and say, you know what, Freddie? I heard this one story from this one girl who crossed the river and had two kids. She was an immigrant and somehow she made it. So if she could do it, so can I. Absolutely. And that's the goal. So thank you so much. And everybody, ladies out there, if you're looking for fitness or nutrition help or somebody to talk to, please reach out to Maria. I'll make sure I'll have all her links and stuff to tag out to her and reach out. She does Q&A by uh, two o'clock right at your time. Right? There'll be yep. three here every Tuesday and Friday, is it? Uh, Monday and Friday. At Monday and Friday. Sorry. Yeah. At 2 p.m. Central Standard Time on Instagram. We do live question and answer. Uh, we talk about fitness. And the Absolutely. Degrees. Absolutely. There you go. So if you didn't get enough of Maria here, definitely catch her on Mondays and on Fridays, 2 p.m. Central Time and ask her any questions. And thank you, everybody, for joining and listening. As always, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, your big brother loves you. Stay blessed, everybody. <laughs>